Transform your home in one weekend with paint from Menards. Get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color. Dutch Boys DuraClean Interior Paint and Primer in One offers Stay Clean technology, making your home stay beautiful and clean longer. And with Dutch Boys Easy Opening Smooth Pouring Container, transforming your home has never been easier. Save big money on Dutch Boy paints and head into Menards to get your paint project started today. Save big money at Menards. For more than 50 years, the name Stein has been synonymous with high-yielding elite seed genetics. Our success and that of our grower customers comes from one long-standing fact. Stein has yield. Plus, so much more. That's Yield Plus relationships, research, data, expertise, and results. See why Stein is the most trusted independent seed company. Discover Yield Plus at SteinSeed.com. Hi, this is Jay Billis of ESPN, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. The ML Sports Platter is back with you all over the major platforms. Spotify, Google, Apple, Stitcher, Deezer, you know it. Download, subscribe, leave feedback, and a five-star review. We are brought to you by Liverpool Physical Therapy, Rosie's Corner, and Empower Federal Credit Union. You know the deal, man. Surprises are a guarantee in life. And knowing that you have the flexibility to access funds for those unexpected expenses, it's simply peace of mind. And so with an Empower Home Equity line of credit, you can leverage your home's value to finance a home renovation, college expenses, or any big ticket item. Borrow what you need up to your credit limit and make monthly payments on your balance at Empower. Their rates are competitive and affordable. They'll help you get the most out of your home. Get your peace of mind today at Empower Federal Credit Union, EmpowerFCU.com, EmpowerFCU.com. Go see that website for more information. A big tip of the cap. Thank you to the Whitaker and Swan families as well for their support of the ML Sports Platter. So this is basically uh, an entire podcast, probably going to go about 45 minutes to an hour, breaking down the brackets. Uh, I'm coming off of recording this on Sunday night. The brackets just completed, just released. Uh, We know who goes where, we know who got left out, all that sort of thing. Uh, I'm going to talk here in a few minutes with Matthew Gutierrez from The Athletic, the amazing Syracuse basketball uh, beat man and insider. But before we get to that, I just wanted to give a couple of quick little things here on the program. Number one, everybody knows by now that I'm a St. Bonaventure graduate. And them winning the regular season and them winning the A-10 tournament I mean, they did both. (laughs) They won the regular season title, and they won the the tournament. They basically made history. This stuff just doesn't happen that often for Bonaventure. And they get into the tournament as an automatic bid. They left no doubt. There was no way the committee could say, hey, let's go back in time and do 2016 again, which I'm not saying that that would have happened, but you would have been sweating it out out a little bit if you're a Bonaventure person, fan, alumni, player, coach, etc., because of how the tournament played out uh, with seeding and who went where and who got in, etc. The other thing that happens is when Bonaventure gets in, you know, people hit me with obviously a bunch of stuff on Twitter and Facebook and all this sort of thing. I mean, my phone today, it's just been, it's been a fireworks show. Um, Oh, it's a tough break. It's a tough, you know, it's a, it's a, oh man, the nine seed. And I get, you know, buddies of mine, classmates, close friends, you know, we're on threads, and I had a really, die, you know, super close friend of mine uh, who was a diehard Bonnie guy. We went to school together. We roomed together uh, in a townhome our senior year. Had a blast. Um, 
one of the great, great dudes ever, my man Chuck Fiegel, and he was like, you know, you know, a number nine, I'm paraphrasing, but he was like a number nine CWTF. And I was like, yeah, but that's pretty much where they were going to get in. And once Bonaventure gets in, like, I don't care who they play. <laughs> Folks, St. Bonaventure doesn't care who it plays. This isn't Duke, Carolina, Kentucky, Michigan State, Syracuse, Louisville. This isn't a powerhouse blue blood program. This isn't Villanova, Georgetown, Louisville. This isn't a power five. This is the smallest division one basketball school in the country. And what happened today was magical. And just seeing the name in the bracket is euphoric. Um, we, we know who we are. Some people might look from the outside and say, oh, you're super annoying and Bonaventure fans are rude and they get drunk and they're loud. Every fan base does that, by the way. Um, but some people will just never understand how hard this is for a school like Bonnie, number one. Number two, you want to win, of course, once you're in. But you're almost kind of, as a Bonaventure, to get where they did is pretty much like, now you're just doing house money stuff. You really are. I mean, you want to win. And the coaches would never say, oh, well, we're playing LSU. Ah, screw it. Hey, if we lose, we're good. No, they want to go as far as they can, just like everybody. But what I'm saying is, if Bonaventure goes and loses to LSU, like last year, for example, or three years ago, the Bonnies got totally, totally snubbed. And I know Jerry Palm just came on my podcast and said, I don't use the word snub. Well, everybody else does. Um, you know, Bonaventure got put in Dayton, which was horseshit. And they should not have been one of the four teams last four in. No way, no how, right? And they beat UCLA. So it was a historical game. It was a moment for the program. Uh, you know, it, it, was, it, was, it was good. It was great. You know, it, 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 it was, it was an awesome thing, but they spent so like, they just spent so much time and, 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 and their hard work and their, their, just the insanity of what they did just to get a win, just to get to Dayton and just to get a win that I think the next game, they just basically lost, uh, legs and they lost, you know, I just think they lost, they lost the, the, I just think they lost it, right? I mean, I, I just think they, it just came apart because it was just, how, I mean, how much can you really win here? Um, And so if Bonaventure beats LSU, my God, that's great. If they lose, you know, people might come at me and there's going to be some stupid haters and some people, you know, LSU fans and whoever else who come at me and, you know, oh, hey, what do you think now, Homer? And if they lose by double digits to LSU, I'm going to tell you, what do I think now? This team got to the tournament. This team won the regular season and the conference tournament. This team had an unbelievable year. This team works on a shoestring budget compared to 80% of the teams that are in the tournament. Even other mid-major schools have a far higher budget than Bonaventure. I mean, teams out of the MAC have a higher. Ohio, you know, and a lot of these other schools too because they have football. Bonaventure doesn't have football. So what they do there at a D1 level, competing in hoops and swimming and in lacrosse, um, now with the men and Randy Mearns doing a great job, uh, tennis, I mean, it's it's remarkable. It is remarkable. And you have to be a part of the cult to know what this means. It's, we know deep down, while people come at us like, oh, you guys think you're better than we are, you are. Well, we really don't. We know who we are. But we treat our program the same as people from Charlottesville treat, you know, treat Virginia the same way that people in central New York treat the orange, the same way 
that Michigan State is treated in East Lansing, right? Like Duke, Kentucky, all the big ones, Villanova, everyone. We treat them the same. We treat the Bonnies the same exact way. So I'm super pumped for the tournament. Before I bring in Matthew Gutierrez from The Athletic, just a couple of quick little things uh, here. Obviously, your top seeds are Gonzaga in the West, Baylor in the South. Uh, and then you've got the um, you've got the other couple of seeds, and and it's so funny too, isn't it? Because you have to, you're going up and down here with like oh regions. Nope, it's all in Indy. <laughs> Michigan and Illinois are your other two uh, number ones. Um, I love. I mean, when I say love, I love the East bracket. I think the matchups are spectacular. Uh, I love the potential as a Bonnie guy, you know, with a Bonaventure Michigan second round matchup type of a thing. Florida State, I think they got a pretty good draw. Uh, I, I love the 7-10 UConn-Maryland. That's great. Alabama and Iona is going to be a great game because Iona is really good with Patino. And if you're Nate Oates, you don't want to see them, right? There's like certain teams you don't want to see. And right now, I mean, who wants to coach against Rick Patino in the big bracket? I don't care who you are. I don't want him. Um, I also love, and frankly, I say I love the East, but there's something to love about all the brackets every year. The Midwest, couple of things that jump out. I guess that's probably where I should have gone was not what I love, but what jumps out. So let's change it to what jumps out. Syracuse, San Diego State. San Diego State every year, great team. West Virginia. I mean, look at the the, the coaches in this region. Bob Huggins, Jimmy Beheim. Uh, you've got tremendous, tremendous athletic ability on multiple teams. I love Oregon State's run in the Pac-12. They're going to give Tennessee hell. You know, Liberty is a 13. Don't want them if I'm Oak State. Illinois is a one seed. They're vulnerable in the first round against Drexel. I mean, it's that simple. Um, can't get enough of the South. Carolina, Wisconsin, epic matchup there. Villanova, Winthrop, wow. Colgate, Arkansas. I mean, you want to talk about a really good team. Colgate's really good. Arkansas, they're going to fly up and down the floor. Florida Vitek is good. And then you go over to the West, and you've got, you know, the Zags is the number one seed. Can they keep it going? Can they keep the zero up there in the loss column? Can they run the table? This team's really good. This is a superior offensive team to every other team in college basketball. Mark Few's probably best offensive team. Not sure if it's his best team, period. I think that 2017 team that went to the finals was really, really good. Probably a little bit better. But from an offensive standpoint, they're a juggernaut. Creighton is in this round. In this bracket, rather, Virginia against Ohio is going to be great. Pretty, pretty awesome stuff across the board. And by the way, having March Madness back, oh my gosh. ML Sports Platter is brought to you by Stanley Law Offices, Hides of Liverpool, and Barks and Rec Doggy Daycare. We bring him in from The Athletic. Matthew Gutierrez, SU, Beatman, and Insider. Make sure you follow Matthew and The Athletic on Twitter. What's up, my man? How are you? Hey, thank you so much, man. I'm, I, before we get to everything, I'm happy for, for the Bonnies, for you. And look, New York State, we talked about it. Oh. St. Bonaventure, Colgate, and Syracuse. Uh, three three pretty solid teams right now. I think I think the Bonnies and, and Colgate <laughs> might uh, might be might be in for, you know, uh, in to surprise some people uh, early on. Maybe not win, but definitely, you know, be really competitive in that first game. Well, there's no doubt. I mean, we've seen Many a times, a 15 beat a 2, 14s beat 3s, and we've seen a 16 now beat a 1. And I don't think anybody's safe anymore. I, I really don't, unless you've got, you know, a, a 116 that 
Gonzaga perhaps looks like, you know, what they have now. That That is a, a, a no-brainer, you know, pencil it in. But I'm telling you, man, I mean, with 116s, the gap is closed. The one-and-dones change the game. Illinois-Drexel, I mean, that's not an easy game for Illinois. Drexel's a good team. So we have a lot to... Um, we have a lot to talk about, but we're going to start because you are the terrific beatman and insider for the athletic uh, for Syracuse men's basketball. Did you did you think after the loss to Virginia at that moment that they still had a pretty good chance as the days went on? How did you feel? How did you feel leading up? You know, maybe an hour before Selection Sunday. Take me through the timeline of feeling out where Cuse was on the bubble. It's a, it's like a, a stock chart that just goes straight up and down, back and forth. I mean, I was, you know, for for a while, you know, even just backtracking a couple of weeks, I thought they were for sure out of it. I thought they had a ton of work to do in the ACC tournament. They beat UNC, you know, for the second time, I think, in the last 11 or 12 matchups, first Carolina. They, they beat Clemson both at home. Uh, they beat NC State on a neutral floor. You know, NC State's not a tournament team, so tough to kind of read into that. They were playing pretty well, but, you know, they're not a very good team. And then to, I think to, what, what did it is playing that competitively against Virginia. And I, I, I don't know to what extent the quote-unquote eye test is involved, but I think that really did it. And so for me, when I saw that game, I thought, okay, they're probably going to be a play-in team. Then you see Georgetown win. You see some other... Um, games this transpired the past couple days, and I'm leaning toward, oh, maybe they're going to get left out. They only had the one quadrant one win, right. and that was versus NC State, and NC State is not an NCAA tournament team, so they really don't have a lot of great wins, especially away from the Carrier Dome. They, they really struggled, um, but they got enough done at home, went 13-1, and one, avoided some bad losses, man. Remember earlier in the year, they, they almost lost to Bryant, Buffalo, and Northeastern on their home court. Mm. I mean, that would have been three two or three brutal losses there and that none of this would have mattered today they would have been an NIT team at the best instead they took care of business at home and so yeah I mean you know heading even today I I felt like they were probably just going to get in Uh, they have for the most part stuck in the past couple years when I think they weren't 16 and 18 obviously notable Um, and then 17 I thought they probably would get in with three top 10 wins and then they get left out so you never know with these things and you know, here they are, right, with the 11th seed, which I thought was a pretty good seed for them. So, as we know, for the last several years, it's almost pretty much going back now. Quick math is what? 15, 14, 14, you know, 13, 14 years where Syracuse has multiple times been flat out on the bubble. Um, are they going to get in? You sweat it out on Selection Sunday, etc. I think for the most part, Every time except once, I think Syracuse has actually been fairly in or fairly out based on what their resume is, what everybody else's resumes are, and and what, what the landscape sort of looks like. You know, I mean, three years ago, they get in as a play-in and date, and I thought that was exactly where they should have been. You know, 2015-16, same kind of deal. So... Do you feel that way, that, that that they've actually, based on the larger landscape, you know, the larger sample here, that they've been fairly in or out and seeded exactly where they should be based on what they've done? Yeah, for the most part, for sure. I, I think, you know, you look at the 16 team, they had a, a great start. People forget they won that tournament down in the Bahamas. Um, I think they might have been ranked at some point earlier in the year. I don't know that for sure, but that was a solid team. Obviously, Bayheim suspension. Mike Hopkins comes in, a little bit turbulent there. 
but you're right. That team, I think, deserved to be in the tournament, and they obviously showed that later on with that run. And even that, that 2018 team, right, they, they going into that playing game, I think that was right for them. A team really couldn't score all that much, but they could defend it. Mm-hmm. Top five, top five in defensive efficiency, and I think that that sort of got them enough of those decent wins that year, um, as well as you know they had I think they had a couple, one or two bad losses I believe, but they still had enough wins to to kind of sneak in. So I'm with you there. For the most part, they've things they usually do a pretty good job with this stuff, right? I mean, there's a lot of work that's put into it, and you can talk snubs, you can talk surprises, obviously, and that'll make the headlines. But to your point, for the most part, these teams are are reasonably placed throughout the bracket. And you know, Jim Beheim was talking with Jay Billis of ESPN over the weekend, and obviously those guys are back uh, being friendly again. Yeah, it's a good thing Billis isn't 5'2", Matthew, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. Jay Billis is 6'8", uh, and played at Duke, so he's pretty good. I, know, I think Beheim said he didn't know much about college basketball a few weeks ago, but now they're good. I mean, they put it past us. You know, Jim and I spoke after um, the uh, the press conference. You know, they, they got a lot of headlines a couple weeks ago. Yeah, well, so, he, I mean, look, yeah, that's... We can make fun of it now. <laughs> yeah, and that's usually how it is. I mean, I've had some run-ins with him, uh, obviously, in, in, in a lesser capacity uh, than being on a beat for 35, 40 years or, or, or in some other worlds. Um you know, I respect the hell out of the guy. I think at the end he respects me, but we've had kind of more of a, uh, I don't know, hostile other side uh, for, for one reason or another, the criticism part. But he always walks it back a little bit, or there's a little bit of a soft part for him. He cares what people think. You know, it, it eventually blows over and we all move on. So having said that, Matthew Gutierrez from the Athletic Syracuse Basketball Insider and Beatman, Buddy Beheim right now is lights out. And part of why I wanted Syracuse to beat Virginia was because I wanted to see if he could keep shooting this way. He gets first-team ACC tournament here, Matthew. And this guy is from the mold of Andy Routens, Brandon Trish, the local guy growing up, happens to be the coach's dad. But how about Buddy Beheim here lately? And, hey, you need guards and you need threes and shooting in the tournament Buddy Beheim's as much of an X factor in this tournament, in my opinion, than any other player in America. For sure, Buddy Beheim, you know, first uh, Syracuse player to be named to the All ACC tournament team. Not a huge timetable there since joining the league, obviously, just you know, less than a decade ago. But nonetheless, that speaks volumes to what he was able to do in Greensboro, going for thirty-one against Tony Bennett's pack line defense. He was uh, smothered. They're, they've harassed him. I mean, he's been doubled at times. To his credit. You know, the 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six shooting guard has worked to get his own shots. He's, he's really nailed down that one one or two dribble pull-up to get into some rhythm. I think earlier in the year he was struggling for two reasons. One, uh, the COVID pauses, obviously, and he's a rhythm and a volume guy. But two, uh, he wasn't really taking as many quality shots in the flow of the offense. And right now I just feel like while some of his shots are certainly contested, mm-hmm. he's, he's being a lot smarter without the ball, working to get open. And that's paid big big dividends for him. I mean, this is a guy, you know, a former three-star recruit for what it's worth, right? I think he was the number 349 player in the high school class uh, of 2018, and here he is now, you know, arguably a a top player in the ACC. He takes a ton of shots, but he he does capitalize, and he's hitting about 37% of his threes, which is is excellent given the volume he's, he's at right now. Yeah, there's no doubt. How do you feel about Joe Girard going into the tournament? I feel like every time I see Syracuse play, one minute you're like, God, get this kid out of here. And then the next minute, 
they're going through like an offensive like just a woeful offensive period and then he like knocks down a three-pointer from the other side of the court right so what like honestly like what, where where is this guy right now in, in his play yeah right they, as some say from from glenn falls right which you know, he, he honestly it can it can has that kind of range sometimes yeah. right a la jimmer for that but no, no you're right i mean Obviously, you know, it's been more or less a sophomore slump for him, uh, you know, been turnover prone at times, you know, taking himself out of the game at times. I've seen even the body language. If he misses a couple threes, he puts his head down and doesn't play as much defense. And you've seen that and you know there's a lot more talent there and, and more energy and effort in him. Uh, and then at times he'll flip the switch and he will play like that. And he will be that kid from last year who came onto the scene starting over Jalen Carey you know, a much more uh, highly rated recruit. And, you know, Joe took that starting spot as a freshman, took the fan base, I think, became beloved because he's an upstate guy. You know, he plays hard and, and would go for the loose balls and, and beat his chest, right, yeah. for, after threes. But uh, he's, he's drifted away from that. I've seen it over this year, just even being at some of the home games, some of the that effort and intensity hasn't been there as much. And, you know, it, it makes you wonder why. He did have COVID earlier in the year. Uh, that probably played a role at some point to some extent. Uh, and I think it's just a mixed bag, and I, you don't know what you're going to get this week. Kadari Richmond, who's behind him, has tendonitis. I think he's a go on Friday. I don't know to what extent he'll play. Uh, obviously, point guard is a really key position, especially in getting Buddy open and Alan Griffin open for shots. Uh, so, you know, if you're, if you're accused, you're hoping that Joe can can be more like the Joe of last Wednesday against NC State yes. as opposed to uh, yeah. Thursday and then some other duds where he just, you know, really hasn't hasn't impacted the game that much. So here here's kind of a, a I don't know, a general assessment. I think Syracuse really inside lately one other reason to feel good about him is their inside play's gotten pretty darn good. I mean, you know, Edwards has come in and really given him some minutes. And I think, I mean, I like Guerrier's game. You know, you know, you and I text about it a lot. Um, the inside play, because it's that much better right now, how much of a factor is that going forward? And boy, they're in a group here with some size in this bracket, Matthew. Yeah, we can, we can get to that in a sec, but, but for sure, I mean, you look at, uh, at Syracuse, Quincy, Quincy's just a grinder he inside, is. man. I mean, yeah. he's six, like, we use that word probably too much, but he is a grinder, you know, like six, seven forward, uh, gets in there against guys, one, two, three, four inches taller in some cases, usually uh, at times heavier. Uh, he just uh, gets, gets his positioning, fights, scraps, and puts together, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve rebound games, uh, playing, you know, somewhat out of position. He's a, he's a forward, but he's more of like a small forward, even even wing, if you ask him. So he's just been so tough down there. And like you said, Jesse Edwards' emergence has really helped this club. And I also think Robert Braswell has pieced in some decent minutes yeah, as well. Yeah. Uh, then of course, you know, out of the zone, I mean, all these guys have to rebound because you're already at an inherent disadvantage the way the defense is set up, right? Obviously, we're not always near a guy. So for everyone to chip in, it's going to be key. San Diego State hasn't played anyone great. They're not a major conference team, but that team can really shoot the ball well, and they have a couple big guys who can rebound. They're not going to dominate inside, I don't think, but they're pretty solid inside. So it'll certainly be a tough matchup for the Q's coming up. A couple more quick ones for Matthew Gutierrez, the athletic, the amazing Syracuse basketball insider and beat reporter. 
Give me best case, well, worst case is they lose in the first round to a really, really good Aztec club, but best case scenario, obviously we know about matchups, we know it's a crapshoot, we know it's every, <laughs> you know, you win today, move on, you lose today, you go home, it's a tournament, it might be the hardest championship to win because of that, it's not a seven-game series. What, what's the ceiling, I guess, is the question for this team? Uh, hey, this is a team that, look, they were down and out. You know, I had basically written them off after the Georgia Tech game. I think a lot of fans did. I was getting ready to look toward recruiting and what kinds of pieces are on this team that they can build toward for next season, uh, which is a conversation for another day. Obviously, now there's there's still some basketball to be played. Yeah. Uh, you know, I thought they were out. I thought they had kind of just hit hit their hit their ceiling and that was it. Uh, but you know, to their credit, they fought back with a few wins here. They played well the past two weeks, and, and this is a club that's really streaky, right? I mean. They'll go on a couple. They'll rip off a couple wins in a row, just like they have recently. They've also dropped some games where you kind of scratch your head, or they just played like a, a brutal half, and then they'll bounce back with an excellent half that makes them look like a top twenty-five team at times. So they're, they're just up and down. A lot of teams are this year, obviously with the COVID issues. Uh, I think it's a tough, a tough one, right? If they can beat San Diego State, which is a, a tough matchup because the Aztecs shoot the ball uh, exceptionally well. Actually, one of their players. I don't have his name in front of me. He shoots almost 50% from three. He's one of the best three-point shooters in, in college basketball, uh, for sure. Uh, if they can get past San Diego State, they would probably match up with West Virginia, which is a, another really tough matchup. They're really tough and physical. Uh, so that the path to the Sweet 16 this year will not be uh, easy at all. It would be certainly extremely earned to, to make a run. And then if they do get there, they'd probably play like a Houston or, or a Rutgers. So uh, probably Houston. So Houston's it's just, it's, so good, by the way. Oh. Yeah, these teams are athletic, yeah. physical. They play hard defense. Yeah. I mean, this is just a tough um, path for Q's. Hey, at least they avoided Gonzaga and Baylor, right? <laughs> so, you know, as far as ceiling goes, it's, it's so early. I mean, I think this is a this is a win if Q's can go from basically NIT team a couple of weeks ago to just picking up this one tournament win over San Diego State. I think if you're Q's, you're just happy to be in the tournament and then to get a win uh, would, I think, be a success for them. Well, all those are, are great points, and, and I'll tell you uh... – <laughs> Syracuse, man, it doesn't matter if it's them or 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 or, or Alabama or uh, Arkansas or LSU or you know whoever you're playing. If you're Bonaventure, you're playing LSU, Arkansas and Colgate play against each other. You know what it comes down to at this particular point. You get in, and every game is hard at this particular point, right? So um, there's just a lot of good teams, and the gap is closed. I, I want to ask you this to, to to wrap up, Matthew. This season was just wild. I mean, you know, Corona, the no fan thing, covering the teams, the tests, all this, all of it that went into it. I don't need to describe it all. Everybody knows what we've been doing for, for a year plus. What was your greatest challenge this year? As a, as a beat reporter, what was your greatest challenge? Uh, sure, I think just the lack of face-to-face. The, you know, we're fortunate accuse writers to and TV folks, and you know the drill, right, to get that open locker room. I think only a handful of high majors still do that. It's where you build relationships. Sure. Syracuse, Duke, uh, might be, you know, just a couple others. I think Kentucky might have done it at one point. Uh, Louisville did it under Rick Pitino. It's not common at all. Syracuse and Duke are among the only programs. So yeah. to have that, just to get to know the guys, 
they get to know you. You can write a feature on them easily. You can talk to them one-on-one after a game. You can talk to a player one-on-one after a rough game and hear, and hear his side. You know, at least I can understand or if Joe Girard's having a rough year, like I can understand where he's coming from and then I can write that, you know, so it's, the, but now it's, it's tough because it's, it's, you know, one, one or two players on zoom after the game, you know, it's not to, not to bash on the zoom, but you know, zoom is zoom. And it's, you know, some of them are canned answers, which I, I understand um, is how it goes on the zoom with 20 other people there. So it's not the same. So I, I know less about this team than I, than I did last year, a lot less. And that goes for a lot of the, the media team, just because we're not in the locker room. I can't get to know these guys. That's been the biggest challenge. So just trying to be creative, and hopefully next year we'll all get our shots in and, and get back to normal. No, there's no doubt about that. Matthew Gutierrez, awesome stuff here. Beatman Insider for SU Men's Basketball for The Athletic on Twitter, at MatthewGUT21. And make sure that you get your subscription at theathletic.com. It is well worth your time. Matthew, you're the best. Thank you, bud. Mike, thank you so much. Go Bonnies. Okay, I'll just leave it with that. ML Sports Platter, of course, brought to you by Empower Federal Credit Union and Welch and Company Jewelers. Visit welchjewelers.com. Shop the showcase today for all of the best jewelry around. Well, I told everybody I was going to talk to Matthew Gutierrez from The Athletic, Syracuse Basketball. We did that. Let's bring in the host of Serralo Sports Talk, Apple Podcasts and Spotify, a St. Bonaventure graduate. Uh, he does some unbelievable work on, on uh, ESPN Plus uh, through the years as well. SorelloSportsTalk.com. We're talking about Super Bowl Row, the press row, the last couple of years, uh, and at the Joe Sorallo on Twitter. Joe, I know that the emotions are running high as I bring you on. Uh, people just don't realize how hard it is for the Bonnies to get to this point. And I uh, wanted to bring you on to just kind of share your thoughts and the run and, and everything else. So welcome aboard. Mike, thank you so much for having me. I'm not going to lie. I feel like I just jumped out of an airplane. The amount of adrenaline rushing through my body. Me too. We have the Tigers in a few days, man. I can't wait to see what the Bonnies can do over in Indianapolis. And by the way, first off, thank you. Your pronunciation of my last name when you were plugging Sorallo Sports Talk was spot on. That gets botched all the time. But don't forget also, I co-host with Brendan McDaniels over on uh, the Rock Sports Network every week, Bonnie's Beat. We've been following this team all year, and it has been a blast. What a season to start that show up with Brendan. Yeah, and by the way, after I did the intro and then you started talking, I said, son of a bitch, I know something that I forgot. (laughs) And, And that just goes to show everybody how you know, versatile you are and how uh, the great things that you're doing. And uh, I've told you a million times, you and and Cam and the gang and the guys down there now, um, you know, Jeff and everybody else, Mike Hogan, all these guys are, are, all you guys are just so talented and, and, and miles ahead of where I was a long time ago. So you, you've already lapped me and uh, just, just remember, you know, the, the, the old, the old bond of faithful here when you guys become big time. Um, Let's get into well, this. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. It means a lot. You bet, man. Always. Let's get into this a little bit because it's it's crazy. Like you go from the regular season tournament, you know, to the tournament champs. I mean, you're, you're champions of both regular season and tournament. Saint Bonaventure. They get a nine. They're going up against a Power Five in LSU, one of the richest schools in Power Five, a football factory. And I don't care. I mean, that's what March basketball is all about. I'm getting tweets. I'm getting private messages. Dude, LSU, tough draw. Joe, people don't get it. We, You don't care who you play when you, once you get in your St. Bonaventure. It's almost a house money thing here. 
No, you don't. And the thing is, Mike, I fell into the same trap, right? I was looking at things today, and I was like, man, if we can just work out maybe Clemson in the first round and then Houston in the second round, man, we really have potential. I saw LSU's name pop up, physical team, really good coach in the old VCU coach, Will Wade. They played a hell of a game with Alabama today. And I see that, and I go, damn, not who I wanted. But like you said, who cares? We can beat anyone, and, and the guys feel that way. You watch their reaction. And frankly, you watch every team's reaction when they hear their name called, and they're all celebrating and clapping. You know, Appalachian State doesn't care that they might play Gonzaga because they believe that they can go beat Gonzaga, just like UMBC beat Virginia a couple years ago. So these guys believe it. Why shouldn't we? And I've been saying all week to everyone I talk to, our problem, of course, everyone knows it's depth. But our starting five can match up against any starting five in the nation, whether it's Illinois, Gonzaga, Will Wade's damn LSU Tigers, so man, I am excited. You know, and in, in obviously in, in the media you try to be objective, but when it comes to your school, you, you, you can't hide the subjectivity. Sean McDonough talks about it all the time when he's calling Cuse games, and you know he finally learned just a few years ago to stop kicking underneath the table. Um, you know when he's when he's calling a big Syracuse <laughs> game. You know he's told me that on many shows, um, but but. Just, you know, look, we know who we are. I think a lot of people from the outside are like, oh, you guys think you're better than... No, we really don't. We don't think we're better than we are, but we treat our program like Duke fans treat. There's Cuse, Arizona, Michigan State, Kentucky, Carolina, Villanova. Joe, this program, we're, we're a cult. We treat our bonnies like Duke fans treat Duke, and, and that's okay. I'm sorry, that's okay. Oh, it's absolutely okay. And, you know, it's not a bad thing that... We know our program better than anyone else. In fact, we know that we start five juniors, five guys who have incredible talent, incredible chemistry, and, oh, by the way, incredible experience. What does it take when you see these Cinderella teams make a run in March? Mike, Loyola Chicago is not making a run because they have one and done. They're not going to the Final Four because of that. You know, VCU, I believe it was 10 years ago this March when they went from first four to Final Four, they didn't do it with freshmen, with one-and-dones who were looking ahead to June's NBA draft when they were playing in March Madness. This team has experience. We have a hell of a coach in Mark Schmidt who, you know, I'm glad, even though VCU had the great year, they were projected to finish low in the Mm A-10. They finished second. A lot of people thought Mike Rhodes would win Coach of the Year because of that. Schmidt got his propers. He deserved to win A-10 Coach of the Year. I'm glad he did it. This is a team that really can make some noise. We're experienced. We're talented. And oh, by the way, whatever we do this year, we're not done yet because them being juniors means that in all likelihood, they'll all be back next year to make another run. It's just, you know, we watch these guys. We know our program. We know what they're capable of. We know we have one of the best defenses in the country, and that's going to be huge against LSU. You have everybody coming back and, and not only the experience, not only going to the tournament, not all these different things. Sure, there's going to be expectations. There might be a bullseye. Hell, there might be a preseason top 25 ranking. Who knows? There but, better be. But, but we're hoping that we have total normalcy, normalcy by the time we roll around in the fall. And if that happens, the Riley Center roof might blow off, Joe. Uh, oh, it, it absolutely will. I mean, look, right now they're saying that by May 1st, all adults can register for this vaccine. You know, that will be huge. Hopefully we have a great summer and hopefully – you know, COVID is in the rearview mirror by the time next basketball season rolls around. I really think that this is a top 25 team. I think that if they beat Dayton, 
in that last game of the season, the day after Dr. Dennis DePero died when yeah. the team was playing with heavy hearts, I think that they would have been ranked to close the year if they won that game. But this is a team that really, you know, like I said, depth is our issue. You know, we, we try to play six guys, and if Oshun gets in foul trouble or if he needs a quick break, we'll play seven and bring in Jalen Shaw. But our starting five, Mike, matches up against anyone's. You know, the one thing we've struggled with in the past has been our post presence. You know, being a figuratively being a small school, you know, a mid-major, we've literally been a small school. We yeah. haven't had a good center. You know, Amadi yeah. Peasy, I love him. He's a great guy. Uh, the guy had some of the slowest footwork I've ever seen. He just he was overmatched against Florida down in Dallas a couple of years ago in the NCAAs. And Ladarian was incredible, but it's tough to win with a six foot seven guy playing the five. You know, we've got an NBA center. We have who I truly believe to be an NBA point guard as well. And when you have a combination like that yeah. with three guys in the middle, who, by the way, you could have made the argument for all three of those guys to be all second or all third team in the Atlantic 10 this year. I mean, this is a team that if they stay out of foul trouble, and don't forget, if they hit their threes, they've been inconsistent there offensively. If they can hit their threes and stay out of foul trouble, Mike, I mean, you know, we're talking about LSU. The focus is on LSU. This is a team that I think actually matches up really well against Michigan. I know, by the way, Phil Martelli on that Michigan coaching staff. Wouldn't that be something? Yeah, yeah, one of the best Bonus supporters through the years as well. Epic, yep. ba- epic battles when he was at St. Joe's. My gosh, the teams he used to bring to Olean, the Marvin O'Connor, Delonte West, uh, 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 Jameer Nelson team. Oh, my goodness, that came in uh, late in my college tenure. Joe Serralo joining us at the Joe Serralo, a must-follow on Twitter. Get his podcast as well, Serralo Sports Talk, all over the major platforms, and also co-host the Bonnie's Beat and SerraloSportsTalk.com. I-, I used the word control when I did my video recap today of, of the Bonnies winning uh, against VCU in the A-10 final, it didn't matter what it was. Oshun gets his fourth, the the technical stuff, a um, couple of mini runs, didn't matter. Bonaventure, to me, felt in total control. Did you have that feeling, Joe? You know, I absolutely did. And full disclosure, Mike, I... Uh... I love to bet on sports. A lot of people do. It's becoming more popular, more accepted across the country now. I never bet on the Bonnies. I felt so confident about this team, their demeanor, the coaching, just everything clicking. I actually made a bet this morning, a fairly sizable one on the Bonnies, minus three against VCU. That's how confident I was in this team's ability to control the tempo, control the game. Look, you talk about controlling things from start to finish today, you know, with the exception of a minute here, a minute there. Mike, they controlled the Atlantic 10 tournament from start to finish. That was the best 120 minutes of basketball you could have asked for from this team. You know, maybe with the exception of seven minutes against Duquesne in the second half. St. Louis, we were in control the entire time. Maybe with the exception of a four-minute stretch today. uh, What are you looking at, 108 minutes out of 120 where this team just dominated their opponent? Didn't squeak by anyone. Dominated against great teams. You know, St. Louis and VCU can make the argument that there should be two tournament teams that we beat en route to this title. It really was just a, a controlled, polished performance. Some of the cleanest Bonnie's basketball where you're not walking away from any of those wins going, hey, it wasn't pretty, but we got the job done. No, it was damn pretty. Yeah, no question. Let's end with this, Joe, and, and I'll just kind of give you the stage here. Um you know, wh- whether you have the, the bracket in front of you or not, I, I'm, even if you don't have it in front of you, I'm sure that you, you know, matchups, regions, or at least some thoughts on, on things. I, I just take 
take it away to close maybe for you know three four minutes ish to to just kind of you know what jumps out in these brackets matchups thoughts players um somebody getting to the tournament that surprised you somebody who was left out um take take it away on 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 the bracket how how it sizes up what jumps off the page to you man the first thing is and i thought louisville got snubbed but how about Rick Pitino going dancing with Iona while Louisville sits at home? I mean, is that no just not one of the funniest things you've seen? No doubt. Uh, you know, I, I don't have the bracket right in front of me, so please, if I mix up a region or a team, please correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I noticed I, I see Gonzaga and Iowa with a potential rematch in the Elite Eight out in the West. Yeah. That, to me, is super enticing. You know, Luca Garza, best player in the country. I would love to see, although, you know, Kate Cunningham, I'm sure, expects to be the number one pick in the NBA draft, but uh, I digress. I think Luka Garza is the best player in the country, and I would love to see Iowa get revenge, knock off Gonzaga in the Elite Eight. But also, even like if you look, if you want to dissect that bracket a little further, you've got some first-round matchups there. Virginia, the defending national champs, they get no help in the first round, taking on a 13th-seeded Ohio Bobcat team. That I got to call on ESPN Plus, the Bonnie season opener, we fell to the Bobcats last year. Yeah. And Jason Preston is one of the most impressive, least talked about point guards in the country. The guy can put up a triple-double any night. I believe his season averages are, could be wrong, I believe it's about 18 points, 7 rebounds, 7 assists per game. <laughs> the kid is an NBA talent, and he plays at Ohio, and he's the reason that the Bobcats, who the last time they were in the tournament as a... 12 or 13 seed. I believe they upset Georgetown in the first round. He's the reason that they can go upset the defending national champs, the Virginia Cavaliers, in the first round. Love that in the West. Uh, you look at the East, uh, what was it, the South? Yeah, sorry, we're in the East. The South with Baylor. You know, I think that Baylor actually on paper has a pretty easy route to the Final Four. But if you look at how they've performed lately, you know, a not convincing win against Iowa State not too long ago, two losses late in the year. I think Matt Painter's Purdue squad could be prime as a four seed to knock off Baylor in the Sweet 16. I love that matchup. I love Matt Painter. I love Purdue, man. They've made me a lot of money this season. So that's a team I'm definitely intrigued by. Uh, going over to Illinois' bracket, I, I got to be honest, I think that Illinois is my favorite one seed. Wow. Uh, I, that's Is that the bracket with um, Clemson, Rutgers, and Houston at the bottom? I believe it is. Yeah, so Illinois has uh, Tennessee, it's got West Virginia, Rutgers, Clemson, Houston, yeah. Syracuse, yeah, San Diego I, State, yep. Yeah, I mean, that bracket right there, it's, oh. uh, San Diego State could actually be an Elite Eight team. I agree. You know, now, now, Syracuse, you never know, right? Because everyone wants to be annoyed about Syracuse first off getting in and then skating by the playing game. And while I'd, I'd love to see Syracuse miss the tournament, they've earned that respect by going first four to final four in addition to VCU. Syracuse has earned the respect to forego the play-in game. So I'll, I'll give that to them. But I'd love San Diego State to knock them off, make a run. I actually wanted the Bonnies to get the seven seed where Clemson is. I would have loved that. And, and by the way, I don't think a seven seed is an exaggeration. With what we did, the way we ended the year dominating 100%. opponents. Yeah, they, deserve, uh, I mean, they, they deserved as high as a seven. I agree. Yeah, and so I really wanted the seven seed. Uh, because first off, Rutgers, you know, look, last year we were a shell of ourselves this year, and we dominated Rutgers up in Canada. And then Houston in the second round, don't get me wrong, this is a Houston team that can just as easily make a Final Four run, but the way we play defense, the fourth best defense in the country, I think Houston would have been great, because, you know, for all the flaws in our own perimeter shooting, 
our perimeter defense is among the best you'll ever find. So I think a Houston team that relies heavily on the three ball, I think we would have been primed to knock them off in a 7-2 matchup. I really wanted that draw. Then you look at the East, you know? I mean, there could be a lot of parity here. I like, if we can get by LSU, I like how we match up with Michigan. Smaller teams, experienced backcourts, man. I think it could be a blast. And also, I think Georgetown can make a little run. Mm -hmm. Pat Ewing's fired up. Pat Ewing's not happy that the Garden... They didn't know who the hell he was. Their security staff asked for his credential. The Hoyas are playing good, man. Maybe I'm biased, right? I love Big East basketball. I grew up a Johnny's fan with Johnny's to Bonnie's. But uh, I think that Georgetown drawing a Colorado team from a really weak Pac-12, I think they can make some noise. And, you know, I'd love a Bonnie's-Georgetown matchup in the Sweet 16. That would be a blast. I agree. It's so great to have Bonaventure in it, and it's amazing to have this back, period considering yep. last year where we were man it all comes full circle hopefully we'll be able to get through it all uh just super exciting times make sure you go follow him on twitter at the joe Serralo, the terrific talk show host at serralosportstalk.com uh, of course the uh, podcast is all over apple podcast spotify etc Serralo sports talk a must listen been on Super Bowl Road for a couple of years as well, doing some crazy, awesome interviews with the NFL Hall of Famers and more. And he's also the co-host of Bonnie's Beat uh, right there on Facebook uh, that can uh, that, that can go live all the time for all of your Bonaventure, Atlantic 10, and College Hoops talk as well. Joe, thank you for coming on, pal. Mike, thank you so much for having me. I'm sorry if I was a bit long-winded at times, but enjoy this. We're going dancing, baby. Today, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. Direct TV Stream brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So stop waiting and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. So we're here at Marshall's with Liz for some holiday shopping. She's really nailing it this year, isn't she? Oh, yep. She's got a record player for Amy. A gorgeous cozy sweater for Jason. And some hot pink fluffy slippers for her sister. The perfect gift. Wait a sec. <gasps> She's getting a pair for herself. Well, with prices this good, it would be rude not to. You know what? She totally deserves it. Oh, totally. Happy holidays, everyone. See you at Marshall's. Fabulous brands. Feel good prices at Marshall's. Everybody needs just the right amount of fuel to get going in the morning. For some, a nice McDonald's egg and cheese bagel is just enough to do it. Others might prefer a McDonald's bacon egg and cheese bagel. Or perhaps a sausage egg and cheese bagel. And there are those where nothing will do but a hearty McDonald's steak egg and cheese bagel. Four different breakfast bagels to get you going. Tomorrow morning, give your engine a head start at participating McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And we go to our third guest of the podcast here on the ML Sports Platter, brought to you by Stanley Law Offices and Bryant and Stratton College, a, a, a terrific journalist in his own right and a Bonaventure grad just celebrating what a great day it was on Selection Sunday and the Bonnie's going dancing. It's our good buddy Cameron Hurst on Twitter, at Cameron and Hurst, doing awesome things uh, in, in media uh, and, and PR, the Hellinger Award, you name it. This guy's got it going on, a rising star. Cam, really appreciate a few minutes, buddy. I know you're you're like me, just kind of, we're on cloud nine right now, man, you know? It's, it's so hard to describe. I think, uh, you know, I was just talking about it with some buddies of mine, 
um, we do a we do a podcast called uh, "The Debate Is Over." Um, and, you know, it's we, we we talk about you know we made our preseason picks, and I was the only one who uh, picked Bana, and that's rare for me. I did it kind of on a whim because I knew that this was going to be a weird year. Um, just and, and especially because I'm always so realistic in the sense of you know I I've, I've even just in my short tenure of following them, and I I know it's probably more so for you. They, they even you know with some of the biggest expectations, they they just somehow just miss the mark just a touch. Um, so I think I guess that's what makes this even sweeter. I mean, this is a team that did this amid all the COVID craziness. Um, not only would you know one out as you know the regular season champion, um, but then actually showed up. And did it in Richmond and and you know today in Dayton. It's really unbelievable. It's just it's just such a testament to Mark Schmidt. You know, I uh, I can't even speak to you know very similarly what uh, what the alums who, who witnessed the bad years uh, and the even worse years uh, had to see um, and how sweet that must be for him today. But what a blessing it is to grow up in this era of, uh, of basketball, really. there's, there's no doubt. I mean, the 60s and 70s, the 70 Final Four team, the NIT champion team in 77, when I went to school there, they were really good, 98-02, to almost beat Kentucky in the tournament in 2000. There's been other ages, other golden ages, you could say. But I would tell you that the Mark Schmidt era from 2012 until now, probably, and obviously it built up before that, would be the golden age of Bonnet basketball because here's why, Cam. St. Bonaventure making the tournament, winning the regular season, winning the conference tournament, being A-10 champs, basically a double dip, is the equivalent of back in the day making a Sweet 16 or a Elite Eight or a Final Four, how the game was then compared to how it is now. The 77 NIT was a big deal back then because not everybody made the tournament like they do now. That's you know, right. there were, there were it was six... a more formidable. It was a more formidable national national tournament. Absolutely, absolutely. Right. And so now we know how hard it is to even see the name in the bracket. And so that's why I would I would argue the last nine years have just been spectacular. And I think I think it's probably the golden age. I think you've created the best point guard in school history in Jay Adams. I think Schmidt's the best coach in school history. And this this time right now is just it, it's it's unbelievable. It really is. Yeah, I mean it's. I mean you you kind of you know covered it case in point. I think the one thing too that is so impressive is this school, which has such a lauded basketball history, and it really truly does. You've got all Americans. You've got all American honorable mentions. You know, you've got a national you've got a national championship trophy, and you know, in, in the NIT, and you've got a Final Four appearance. No other coach has taken this program to three NCAA tournaments, and I mean, no other coach has won an Atlantic Ten title in the school's history, let alone two. So, yeah. you know, what more? I mean, what more can you ask? You know, I, I sat with Coach Schmidt. Um, I did a one-on-one with him a couple years ago, which was just incredible. And I really, he does it the right way. He, when you get talking to him, he's down to earth. Um, He loves his players. And I think the one thing, you know, he talked about it this week um, with Jerry Sullivan from 
uh, formerly from the from the news from Buffalo News, who you know wrote a column for the Niagara Gazette. He he learned from Skip Prasser what it meant to love his players, to treat them like his kids, and he learned at the same time too. And this is something I remember distinctly him telling me. Um, and I apologize, my voice is so hoarse. It's been a <laughs> it's been a long day, man. Um, Sounds like I'm crying. That happened earlier. This is actually just my voice going. Um, no, but he he talked about you know Prosser always making it so you know you are the men's basketball coach, but you're no more important than the janitor at the school. Hmm. And you know that is so that is so tried and true through the program. He loves saying that they're blue collar uh, junkyard dog mentality, and that's it. I mean, it runs. It runs from the top, and he's got some unbelievable assistants. Um, you know, Steve Curran, uh, Sean Neal, and, and Trey Woodall. I mean, what you know, you got you got experience. You got an All Big East guard on your coaching staff. You know, you got Curran, who's brought you some of the best recruits, and you got uh, you got Coach Neal, who who coached with a really decent coach in uh, Dr. John Giannini. So, you know, really, just you know, he is he 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 builds it, and they come, and that's really all that you can. You can say about him. It's just unbelievable stuff. I think you and I would both agree, Cam, that Oshun Oshanini is the, is, is the best. Well, he's he's the biggest difference maker on the Bonnies. You could maybe argue him or Lofton. Yeah. Um, at, at times this year, I think Jaron Holmes uh, is the best player on St. Bonaventure. So I'll give you I'll give you it both ways. Oshun, we we both agree he's the biggest difference maker. When he's in there, it's a two-part question. When he's in there, how much of a factor do you think he will be in the tournament in terms of changing the game, especially against a, an athletic LSU club? And then on a follow-up to that, he might be the best player. You might think Lofton's the best player. Who is Bonaventure's best player right now? <laughs> well, that's that second one is a loaded question. I'll, I'll, I'll tackle the first. I think you saw today. Um, I he, think you He saw was today. unbelievable. Oh. Yeah, I mean, you saw, you saw today, he, he was absolutely phenomenal, and you saw how much they kind of labored in the few minutes that he was off when he got into foul trouble there mm-hmm. in the second half. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I I think, you know, it's really, I don't know of a more, I, I really can't speak to the years after Nicholson as much. I mean, Jose uh, Wendoy was fantastic, um, but... When has there been this athletic of a of, of a center, <laughs> of, of a five, of a true, true five? You'd have to go back. The I know the answer. You would have to go back to when I was in school. It was Caswell Cyrus. That's what I, and that's what everybody says. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. I mean, really, when you talk about the best bigs in school history, it's obviously Lanier. It's, well, sure. It's, it's Nicholson. And then, you know, Caswell Cyrus is right up there on that box. Oh. Uh, it's right up there on that box list. So, you know, really... You know, Oshun is just so athletic. He can do so much. And I just remember sitting in the basement of the Riley Center his freshman year. Um, not only was he so well-spoken as a freshman, um, he was so, you know, it's no surprise that he's a, he's a journalism major. I mean, I know the, the Jandola School staff loves him. But I remember Schmidt distinctively saying, he's going to be a problem when he gets older because... You're not going to know when you're when you're one on one against him going to you know going to the lane and going to the and going to the basket. You don't know if he's going to 
if he's going to take the charge or if he's going to jump up and swat it. And I think you're seeing that now. When he set the tempo there in the first half, you really saw VCU go, whoa, hold up. You know, they, they didn't know what to do. They didn't know how to approach the inside. And as soon as you take that away from them, you know, and if they can do the same to LSU, it's huge. Um, now, in terms of who's the best player, you know, Kyle Lofton is just tremendous in terms of being a game manager. Um, I, I can't pick one. I mean, it's it's those two, and it's been those two since they were at Putnam together. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it, it's just, I mean, it, it's it's just so so impressive what they're able to do now. You know, the key really is who's going to be the third when uh, when they play LSU Saturday. I mean, really, who is going to be the third? You know, you know, Jaron had a, you know, Jaron Holmes had a tremendous, yeah, has had a tremendous season. Um, he looked a little nervous today. He looked a little nervous, uh, you know, there and you know, threw up some shots, you know, in the first half. Um, if he can get on it, he's absolutely your third threat of impacting the game. You've got, see, that's the thing about Kyle and, you know, shooting. you're going to have guys that are going to get their 12, 16, 12 and 16 each night. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's. You know, guaranteed. You know, it's who's going to step up for for that other fifteen to twenty. That's that's going to put you over the top. Is it Jaron? I mean, Jaron to me fits kind of the perfect mold of a Courtney Stacker in the sense of being that third threat that can be you know take over a game and you know just get going and and, and shoot and you know and, and score. Um, but then you got Attaway, and then you've got. You know, then you've got Dom Welch, who made an absurd three to really ice the game today. Oh. Um, I mean, in, in just unbelievable that that shot fell. Um, and you know what? He's so locked down defensively. You're gonna. It's if, if they're on, if they're on, and if I really do firmly believe LSU is their toughest test on that path um, in their side of the bracket. It's. I mean, that's that's a very hot take, but. You know, it's it's going to be fun, man. It's really something. It really is going to be incredible. Um, final question for you, um, and it, it's a hard one. Um, how will you remember Dennis DePiro? Oh God, man. Uh, um, I'll remember him as someone whom other academics should envy. And I say that in this sense. He, he was a brilliant man, very smart, but he was not lost in the ideology of academia. He was a down-to-earth guy from South Buffalo. Who, when he talked to you, he listened. He listened more than he spoke and was a good leader because of it. And at the end of the day, I was blessed to know the man. I was blessed to, you know, <laughs> literally break bread with him and, you know, talk with him and, and, you know, interview him several times. You know, he came to my senior vocal recital. Um, so cool. He was, he was, he was, any relationship I had with him was not isolated. He was that with everybody. And he was authentic and he was pure. And man, those are big shoes to fill. Yeah, they really are. I mean, 
the impact that he has had on so many people. I met him once, um, and just such a gigantic loss. And uh, he's dancing somewhere. I'll tell you that because yes, he sure man, is. Absolutely. He, he he loves the Bonnies. There's no doubt uh, about that. Cameron Hurst, terrific uh, to talk with you, buddy. Uh, just doing awesome things in media and PR. Double major at Bonaventure, journalism and music. You're terrific. You're talented. Um, love the, the the well-rounded part. You won the 2020 Mark Hellinger Award. I never sniffed that, by the way. Um, and and, uh, and I, 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 I did I did get asked WSBU sports director of the semester once, and I and I was trying to figure out who rigged it. But um, just just sensational to have you on. Keep up the amazing work. Follow him on Twitter at Cameron N Hurst. Cam, thank you so much, bud. Hey, Mike. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. The ML Sports Platter is brought to you by Empower Federal Credit Union, Stanley Law Offices, Bryant and Stratton College, and our great, great friends over at Welch and Company Jewelers. Log on to welchjewelers.com today. Find the best jewelry at Welch and Company Jewelers. Shop the showcase, the wedding rings, the engagement rings, the watches and bracelets and more. Welch and Company Jewelers, a proud ML Sports Platter sponsor. All a part of the Brawl Network. Hit me on Twitter, at Mike L Sports, as I always tell you, Enjoy the games. So we're here at Marshall's with Liz for some holiday shopping. She's really nailing it this year, isn't she? Oh, yep. She's got a record player for Amy. A gorgeous cozy sweater for Jason. And some hot pink fluffy slippers for her sister. The perfect gift. Wait a sec. (gasps) She's getting a pair for herself. Well, with prices this good, it would be rude not to. You know what? She totally deserves it. Oh, totally. Happy holidays, everyone. See you at Marshall's. Fabulous brands. Feel good prices at Marshall's. At Bush Gardens Christmas Town, rekindle the spirit of holiday traditions for you and your family. Save a refreshing Coca-Cola while you delight in over 10 million twinkling lights and new holiday shows. Cherish the moments as you visit Santa and Rudolph and immerse yourself in a world transformed by the season at the world's most beautiful theme park. The holidays shine brightest at Bush Gardens Christmas Town. Select dates through January 2nd. Right now, tickets as low as $39.99. Hurry before prices go up. Restrictions apply. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.